ain't no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie I lock the doors as I enter my apartment. It's upstairs away from the view of any major street or parking lot. From my view, I see nothing but evergreens. Though the road smells combined with the outdoor grills never allowed their scent to cross through and let this place smell like anything other than bachelorhood. Home involves exactly enough space with no extras. I have a living room and a bedroom, a bathroom and a kitchen, one closet, no extra storage. The living room consists of a recliner facing a ridiculously large television. Next to the recliner is a small table covered in empty cans filled with cigarette butts and trash stuffed in each till it comes out of the top. The kitchen is hardly used. Cabinets filled with mismatched plates and glasses I found on clearance ages past. The place is perfect for me as my few possessions all have a home. I throw my navy on the floor and kick off my pants flinging them on the floor near the kitchen with all intentions of picking them up later and smoothing out the wrinkles. Dinner is a tombstone pizza and six beers. I pour a heavy coating of hot sauce on the cheese and desperately wish I had chapstick as it burns my mouth, possibly giving me the beginnings of a cold sore. I sit back, hands crossed, and I think about Ricky. Joseph was more than willing to give her a second chance. I was glad because I didn't know what I'd have to give to make sure she stayed. Regardless, I would have done it. I finished the store tour, but I was distant. I kept noticing more about Ricky. She wore a bracelet that looked like the tiles of the Virgin Mary tied together. She wore Converse All-Stars that had hearts drawn on the toe, four earrings on her left ear, five on the right, one in her left cheek. The small silver beads were also on her sides and sleeves. When she bent down to straighten the maternity folded table, her shirt rose in the back to reveal the bottom of another tattoo. I couldn't make it out. Just lines coming down in a curve towards her spine, presumably starting much higher on her back. Her face had a light peach fuzz to it that you could only see when the light hit it just right. For the past six or seven years, I've considered myself asexual. Women, men, it honestly didn't matter. I wasn't looking. Other than a sister I rarely speak to, I haven't thought of another human being in years. Not unless they were asking me where the socks were. Do we have fleece jackets and a half-length zipper? Not the full zipper. When the swimsuits go on sale. My life is time clock management. Meal compliance. Patron survey scores. Pulling product forward and straightening too high. Freshness rotation and trimming the bad spots of lettuce. She is the only thing present on my mind. Her image appears suddenly and vanishes. Small details are fading. It's becoming maddening. The smell of her is in my nose and on my shirt from a brief collision I may have taken steps to implement. I keep inhaling deeply at my shoulder, grateful that I live alone. It's 11 o'clock. I realize I completely spaced on the movie I rented. A tiny woman with extra large guns killing zombies. Pretty sure I didn't miss anything too surprising. The next day is filled with quarterly reviews. Each employee under my captainship gets one. 
Sadly, this means every three months I have to write coaching forms and other documentation I should have written during the previous three months. It's more thinking than I'm prepared for. Every conversation I ever had with an associate regarding performance is accompanied by three-page documentation. It includes a chart involving the ever-credible rate blank on a scale of 1 to 10, as well as a half of page where my answers are either circles with happy or sad faces. I check attendance report. Every associate that ever left early, came in late, or failed to make a lunch gets one. When did I tell Karen to wear a name tag? Was it April or May? I know it was early in late June I had to tell Cynthia to use the folding board. And it was a Friday in May when that old bitch Pamela actually told a patron where the plus-size pants were before she asked. Granted, these forms would mean more if the people they were written about would ever know they were written. The forms stay in a folder locked in my desk. In three months, I will look at them, update them, and once a year, I collect all the forms and write an annual review. These forms exist as a backup. If you need to be fired, we can make sure the documentation exists that says you were warned. It's raining hard and Ricky is late. My mind's not on the job. I'm watching the door waiting for her to walk through it. It's taking my entire focus. I'm ignoring patrons, associates. Today, the break room had frozen sausage biscuits in the freezer. If the expiration date reached the same month that you're in, it can't be sold, but it can be eaten by the associates. It's an hour after a shift started. I go to my desk and I look for a file. I'd be lying if I said I didn't know exactly where it was or every word that was written in it. I search through the file, finding personal contact information, holding the page up in case anyone is looking so they don't assume I already have her phone number memorized. I memorize phone numbers in patterns. Ricky's number makes a cross on the bottom right side of the phone. Ricky? Who's this? It's me, from the company. Look, your shift started at 11 and it's pushing 1230. Is everything all right? I have never asked this to any associate. I've never called an associate who is late. Usually I'm simply grateful for the fact that they just essentially handed me a coaching form on themselves. It's my car! Sorry! It's such a piece of shit! Crap! Shit! Sorry! It's been a weird day! Do you need a ride? I'm due for a break. In fact, I'm over hours, so I was supposed to take one long ago. I just hate for you to lose your hours. I'll be right there. Just let me clock out. Do you need mine? It's in your file. Give me 15 minutes. Ricky lives in the black part of town. A house that's been split into four separate apartments. Her apartment is the basement. Four concrete stairs lead to a huge wooden door. There's a visible space between the door and the frame. I think about the weather stripping on aisle D32 and wonder her reaction if I brought it for her. Her reaction is one thing. All the associates' reaction is something else. I knock on the door. Before my fist hits the door the second time, it's opened by a kid who seems young, but has a surprising amount of facial hair. He's short but thick with dark eyes like Ricky. Part of his eyebrow is scar tissue, leaving a too-wide gap in the middle. He's wearing a shirt from The Clash. The apartment smells like mildew and feet. I hear a child crying in one of the back bedrooms. The furniture is mismatched and clearly secondhand. The sofa's edges are clawed to pieces, but of all the various smells coming from the open door, cat is not one of them.
Upside down milk crates are used as makeshift end tables and coffee tables. Both are covered in filth and ash. The kids speak. Sup, boss man. Hero of the day. Just helping out a co-worker. And if my sister was a 300-pound dude? I had a long lunch. It was no trouble. I'm just messing with you, boss man. Name Seagull. Um, pleasure. Like the bird? <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, like the bird. You should speak to the Apollo. They're hiring. Ricky comes to the back of the apartment wearing the same clothes I saw her in last time. It's her navy ruffle v-neck and woven khakis. The v-deck dips low, showing small amounts of cleavage and just a hint of another tattoo that must start just below her breast, possibly covering her stomach. The silver beads on her shirt are in different places today. One is by her left hip and the other is by her right shoulder. Her shirt is tight and rides up when she lifts her arms, showing bits of stomach and hip. She whispers something to the short-bearded one. Doesn't sound like English. And I notice for the first time that Ricky is probably not American. Well, American, but foreign. Like bilingual foreign, anyway. The car ride is short, but awkward enough to make it last too long. I'm regretting my newfound generosity. I can feel the pack of cigarettes in my pocket. Might offend. The car reeks of stale smoke, so I doubt it would be a surprise. I want to ask questions. I want to start the conversations I've practiced by myself. I want to know about the bearded wonder and the screaming kid and why she lives in such a shithole. Instead, we talk about Jesse. He's a player. He's worked here as long as I have, and he's slept with as many women as I've spoken to. I can't look at the fitting room the same way now that I know what he and Mandy did in there. That had sex? They broke a mirror. She came out of that room with cuts on her face and walking like she just had tests performed on her lower GI. God, that breaks so many different codes of conduct. I probably shouldn't even be hearing this because I can't do anything about it without seeing it. He fucked Mary, too, in the bathroom. It's like he knows exactly where the cameras won't see. He's pretty good from what they say. He'd have to be, since at this point it's common knowledge you're not getting a call the next day. What do you think of him? He's a charmer. He has the right questions to get a girl going. He has an uncounted ability with text messages. It starts off slow with friendly conversation. Then it gets flattering. Then sexual. He showed me his phone the other day, and it's like a company porn magazine. Huh? Pictures of everyone. Mostly voluntary. Some of them have to be taken, you know, during. I doubt he'll be with us much longer. Why is that? Well, it would be one thing if he was just fucking everyone in sight and actually working. But he doesn't work. I wasn't sure what he was doing with his time until now. Makes sense, I guess. Oh, be nice to him. I have a feeling there are issues beyond his penis. He's sweet. I changed to save face. Oh, I agree. He's completely likable. I'll just work with him a little closer. And maybe under the table, I'll let him know that his, well, actions are grounds for terminations. Give him a chance. If that's what you want, that is. You're a good guy. Thanks for the ride. Anytime. We pull up to the company in the back parking spaces. Ricky leaned to get her bag. There's a bulge where a bulge shouldn't be. Looked like the handle of a screwdriver or some sort of knife. And she stood upright out of the car. It completely vanished. Another mystery to stay up late wondering about. Like the tattoos. I hate to ask, but is there any way I can grab a ride after my shift up? I begin doing time mathematics. I get off at 4, she at 11. 
I have to be back here at 4 in the morning to set up signage for the weekly ad. She lives 20 minutes from the store, 30 minutes from my house. I will have less than two hours of sleep before working a 10-hour shift involving locating and placing hundreds of yellow signs letting patrons know they can save 18 cents on canned tuna. $1.99 off $30 jeans. Some signs don't even involve sales. As advertised. It's sad, really. If the price is a few font sizes larger than the font on another item, the item with a bigger font will sell first. You buy what they tell you to. The middle math was pointless. I agree. It's not like I'd be sleeping tonight anyway. I'd be too busy analyzing every word we spoke in the car together. Part criticism of my mistakes, part hopeful of the double meaning and secret affections from Ricky. Walking in, I get glances from the pushers. I see thumbs being raised. There's an assumption now, and this isn't great. Two people tell two people tell two people thing. Before the end of the day, people will believe Ricky and I are fucking, and that's the last thing I want. Could make her avoid me, not ask for a ride. The thought worries me. Our production lady is out for the day. Stephanie is a former cheerleader turned workout nut. She has one of those asses that leaves dents in metal chairs. Her calf muscles look like fists. Everything is skin tight showing bump of abs through her navy. Her forearms have veins running down them like rope tied around wooden poles. I volunteer to watch the cameras. Joseph is thrilled. He takes this to mean I want to know all the aspects of the company. I smile and nod. I have other plans. Regardless of my promise, I'm convinced Jesse has to go, and the cameras give me a chance to find enough violations of policy to get rid of him. Something about Ricky, something about how the way Ricky spoke about him is under my skin. The company is one of the few retail stores that actually uses its cameras. Walk into other retailers and the black globes on the ceiling are empty. A deterrent for only children and the paranoid. Ours are real. I can zoom in on a piece of jewelry you're looking at and tell you the price. If you're in the parking lot, I can read your license plate. However, there are places cameras can't see. Fitting rooms. Bathrooms. These areas are blind. That's why successful stores have operators at the fitting room and hourly restroom checks. Watching the camera makes one feel like a voyeur. I see an older man pick his nose and wipe it on the folded graphic t-shirt display in the girls department. Hello kitty indeed. I kill 15 minutes watching three overweight women wearing jogging suits stare at the cakes in the bakery. Another lady clearly can't take the discomfort any longer and pulls the underwear that's been creeping up her ass. I scan over to Jesse in electronics, ignoring patrons while talking to Destiny a pear-shaped black girl hired during the shiny before last. It's like watching a surgeon operate, the way he slowly closes in the distance between them, closer and closer, close enough to give a joking shove to the shoulder which Destiny returns. His face is by her ear, whispering something that causes her to look around to be sure no one else heard. A little nod of agreement, and she walks back toward grocery as a triumphant smile spreads across that scruffy face. Now, see, that's where you got to confuse. When Charlie Strong said what Charlie Strong going to do, Charlie Strong do it because Charlie Strong is a football man. Charlie Strong is all about being strong. You dig? Hook him.
What lies in store for the mysterious Ricky? Or the amorous Jesse? Or the heroic and stoic Thomas? Or Tommy Boy? Or whatever our hero has in store for him will have to wait. Join us again for the conclusion of Retail on Teatro Absurd. Let me go on loving and believing Till it's over, baby Please don't tell me how the story ends Please don't tell me how the story That feeling that you're having right now is relief, folks, because I know you've been sitting around for a week with bated breath, panting, longing, wondering, is there any way they would try to do this again? Yes, that's the answer. We will continue on with this story you just heard, part two of Retail. Um, How second verse, same as the first. Are we going to get through <laughs> fucking right. five more of these? I think we need to apologize for this because I had trouble getting through it. There's some troublesome parts, guys, and just apologies <laughs> to everyone involved. But keep listening, please. Um. Well, I think, you know, the story's taken shape. Has I guess, it? A little Has maybe? It? Barna? There's a lot of narrative Barna? this time. I think too much narrative, not enough action. I, we're we're getting. Uh, I, well, I mean, all all of us already knows how this doesn't end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, how it stops. So I don't know what you're expecting, but let's jump into it. I mean, when, when we last left, Tommy Boy, hey, stars in his eyes. Uh, Cupid had struck him in his bosom, and he was in love with a woman that he claimed, that someone described as looking like a pile of garbage. Yes, Pigpen from Charlie Brown. If I could recap the first one sixth of of this, oh, go for it, please, please. Uh, I work at a place that's terrible, but not the worst. Okay. Everything is covered in garbage, sure. and I like a girl literally made out of garbage. I'm thinking Ricky should be played by the actual Pizza the Hut costume from Spaceballs. <laughs> mm. Like, oh, that's a deep cut. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to come one up you, but I don't think I can. That was that's no, spot I'm on. That's a bullseye. That's a bullseye. Ten out of ten. That. It's really something. <laughs> And to begin this second part, here's another fucking paragraph describing an apartment that's dirty. Very dirty. <laughs> even Christina Aguilera, like when she sang that song about being dirty, she didn't even she didn't even touch this apartment. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Gonna get um. dirty. <laughs> Forty two steps from the stairs. Broken glass. Broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> 
So right off the bat, I'm 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 immediately outraged at his dinner, which, by the way, is has to be his sixth to seventh meal of the day. Yes, more more carbs are entering his body. Dinner is a tombstone pizza and six beers. Okay, whatever. That's fine. That's, that's fine. That's fine. Ow, that's what we call. That's, an that's what they call the old Deshaun Majors. Yeah, that's I'm not an alky that. an alky appetite. This is not where I'm taking issue. I pour a heavy coating of hot sauce on the cheese. Dapatio. Listen, See, I put hot sauce gross. on a lot of things. Ugh. On a lot of things. If you're going to use hot sauce wi- in concert with pizza, mix it in with your ranch, dip the crust in there. You put Absolutely. red pepper on pizza, you asshole. But still, whatever. That's fine. Well, I take Especially issue with like it because the pizza is perfect as is. You don't have to, like, taint it. I mean, we're talking to with- your additives, man. Just eat it the way it is. I don't However, care. I don't. Ugh, ugh. He goes on to say, actually, I guess I don't have a have a, an issue with what he eats. It's with what he does after he eats it. Desperately wish I had chapstick as it burns my mouth, possibly be giving me the beginning of a cold sore. I have never once heard of chapstick as a remedy. Or a preventative, I should say, as a preventative measure to having a burned mouth from eating something spicy. I've like, never once heard of that happening. Like I've people... watched a lot of hot wing eating contests, <laughs> and I've never seen Topo Shopashipo, um, <laughs> Japanese wing eating extraordinaire, or I didn't see Dan Mullen do it during the wing eating contest he had a couple weeks ago, right. where you coat your mouth with chapstick. Before eating the wings. Like, I put hot sauce on pizza before, but chapstick doesn't help. Milk, water, if you're... I mean, milk is the accepted remedy. number one. Water, Water. if you just want immediate relief, but you got to keep drinking it. Chapstick? I've never tried it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the asshole. Well, my problem... The the issue I have with the narrator is, why consume something that will harm you at the end? Like, if something's going to give you heartburn, and you don't have your heartburn medicine, don't eat it. If something's, gonna, if something's going to make you nauseous, don't eat it just because it's there. Just don't – just get something else. So beyond chapstick and I don't not know, being a remedy it's frustrating. for it's very frustrating. your mouth burning, it doesn't give you a cold sore. I don't – I didn't think that's how that worked. I don't know how cold sores work. Um, I think they're like lice and black people typically don't get them. Um, <laughs> yeah, who's, who's our resident herpes expert? Get them on the line. We need to know how to solve – Herpes Sean. A. <laughs> oh, he's already on the line. <laughs> they, uh, it's 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 caused by bacteria. It's caused okay. by it's caused by bacteria in a cut, just like any Some other. Some would say bacteria. Oh, nice, nice. But not so, do you bacteria, think his right? his <laughs> his lips were already chapped, and then the hot sauce like spices it up, and makes them worse, and they boil that bacteria? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I care. He eats his stupid dinner and stupidly wishes he had stupid chapstick to put on his stupid mouth. He sits back, hands crossed. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's satisfied, (laughs) satisfied, and he thinks about Ricky, Mm. a woman that he met an hour or two earlier. Yes, for the first time ever. Yes, described as being garbage. Uh-huh. And now he is just smitten. I mean, it's like I said last week. You know, you see somebody that you go on for two paragraphs. 
to point out all of her flaws and just mm-hmm. disgusting attributes. Then you're like, but I don't know, there was something. <laughs> well, she also almost got fired that day, too, for being very late. Yes, yes. Um, but apparently the captain with a heart of gold, as we discussed last week. as we A gentleman's <laughs> gentleman. Gave her a second chance. Was not content to weed the ship from the crap. Gave her a second chance. Because <laughs> he's a good man. The best man. He's back. He's back at work. And then he he spends another two damn paragraphs. This entire story it goes back and forth from describing apartments and whatever the fuck Ricky's wearing. Mm-hmm. And, like, then, uh, and then a uh, lot know. of uh, company lingo, too. The, oh this, it's God. like a, a three-headed monster. Apartment, Ricky company lingo and that's all it is back and I forth noticing more about ricky she wore a bracelet that looked like tiles of the virgin mary tied together i don't know what that means like I a rosary maybe i don't I, know she wore converse all-stars that had hearts drawn on the toe that's four very punk rock on her left ear oh four four earrings on her left ear y-e-a-r oh that's a mistake five on that's the right typo. and one in her left cheek she wore an earring in her left cheek. I think maybe he's just and talking about a it. stud. That's just economy of words. I guess he didn't feel like saying, and she had a piercing in her left cheek, but that's just dumb. It's, it's, it's the dumb kind of language of somebody who has no idea how piercings work. The small silver beads were also on her sides and sleeves. I don't understand what that means. I don't, he, he described the, the author, whoever it is described silver beads the last time he talked about what she was wearing i don't get it they're moving silver beads are they like magnets is, is yeah, she they like in floating a floating around her bubble right. wherever she goes is this mercury what I is think going she's on wearing a mocap i think it's a mocap suit that she wears all the time what is a mo-cap? yeah what is a mocap can you spell That's it first motion capture i'm sorry oh, okay. I, I didn't know i had to be long oh, for wow oh, fancy oh. sci-fi <laughs> geek. look at this uh-huh. but, Oh. She was. I guess she's going to be in a video game, and they were capturing her uh, magnetic movements, um, and she just got these beads on there to capture her motions because she is so encapsulating. Her face had a light peach fuzz to it that you could only see. With God damn! Light. I mean, come on! <laughs> this isn't me. This is written. Does this mean she's like very hairy, or just like? I don't Just know. Just a little. She, she doesn't take care of herself. For the past six or seven years, I've honestly considered myself asexual. Women. Now, men, Sean, are you speaking for yourself, or is that a line <laughs> in the novel? The truth comes out. <laughs> it took 12 episodes, but the truth is out there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were talking about the book here. Um, <laughs> Dave! 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 Trying to... <laughs> oh, my God. He goes back to work. He he talks and talks and talks about how she's the most important uh, person on his mind. And then it's eleven o'clock, and she goes back home. He goes back home. He just like for, for the next like couple pages, he goes to work. He he talks about her, and then he goes back to bed, or he goes back to his apartment, suffering from non twenty four. I am completely blind. <laughs> But, it, well, his life is time clock management, meal compliance, 
<laughs> patron survey scores. Yeah. And he- pulling product forward and stacking too high. I have no clue what stacking too high means. I think it's just a store term. But again, this like, is the frustration I have with the narrator. The, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the frustration is that he likes his structure and order, but that is not present in any other aspect of his life. So I don't get why he cares about it so much at this job, which he hates. But then he has no, he has none of that sort of willpower he when he gets home. I don't get it. It's. I want to know how they're allowed to just trim the bad spots off of lettuce. And sell them to people. Well, I don't know if I this wanted... is, is this is relating back to the very beginning of the novel when he's listening to the news and there's an outbreak on tomatoes okay. and lettuce. So, like, maybe he got a memo about having to go to his store and, you know, trim out the listeria-ridden lettuce that they're selling. We gotta selling. get that listeria out of here, Tommy boy! <laughs> we don't want a bunch of housewives showing up claiming they have the bubble guts. But I don't think he's doing a callback to that. I think it's just it's just uh, convenient. Although there are no mistakes in retail, so maybe it's supposed to be a, a callback. I don't know. Hankins, I hope Creel, you got... What did we learn yesterday? There are nothing, no mistakes. Nothing, nothing in retail. Something like is that. A yes. Ugh. Uh, Hankins, I hope you got your answer on the lettuce because I have a question. Mm-hmm. Or not really a question. I just have. I just need more information about quote that old bitch Pamela. <laughs> you know that old bitch Pamela? Could have you? By the way, old bitch Pamela, great band name. Could have used an entire character study on her. I could. I could have read all Wait. all that that was available about that old can, bitch Pamela. Can you go over who Pamela is? I, I seem to have lost that in in the pages. I check attendance reports. Every associate oh. that ever left early, came in late, or failed to take a lunch gets one. Okay. What did I tell Karen to wear a name tag? Was it April or May? I know it was early June when I told Cynthia to use the folding board. And it was a Friday in May when that old bitch Pamela actually told a patron where the plus-size pants were before she asked. <laughs> Following your lead, Tommy boy, you piece of shit. <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> I wish only oh. the best for Pamela. She's just doing her job, man. Just, just stop beating around the bush. And if you know you see an uh, oversized person, take, I, do not fat shame them. The Don't waste their time. Sure. Um, can I poll the podcast and ask Pamela, black or white? <laughs> well, well, no. Hmm. I I'm saying Pamela is white because me too. If this racist intended for Pamela to be black, he would have named her like P- Pam- Paliqua or something. Or he, he would have said old black bitch. He would have thrown in the uh, yeah, yeah, description. Yeah, yeah. It would have been I, more I vivid. Think, I think it's safe to assume everyone is white until the author tells you. <laughs> I think you're right. Because, because nothing in retail is an accident. <laughs> there you go. Now, something that uh, goes against that r- rule, the first rule of retail he types to to begin a paragraph grant it g-r-a-n-t space i-t it's granted it's granted granted like, this is that is so blatantly wrong that i'm confused now that i might have been wrong like when i found out that the thing that i kept my childhood socks and t-shirts in wasn't a Chester drawers, that it was a chest of drawers. Chest of, I don't know that I might not have been doing granted um, wrong all my life. I've Uh, misspelled woe my entire life. 
I'm sort of beginning to think that Hankins is the author of this because we know he has <laughs> the Walmart experience. Actually, I do. He ha- he does have the the casual racism that is apparent in the text. Out of doubt. And he related to the to the name the name confusion because he's Larry slash Lawrence slash Matt. So I don't know. I I think you wrote this granite part at least. He's um, building I'll, a strong Senate. I'll mm-hmm. tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. If Hankins wrote it, uh, he probably wouldn't keep spelling one of the main characters' names two different ways. That's true. <laughs> Can you inform our <laughs> listeners what, what you're talking about? The author spells Ricky's name two different ways, alternating throughout this entire fucking book. R-I-K-K-I, R-I-C-K-I. Yes, that is all over the place, and it gets Assuming confusing. Assuming they're not two different people, right? Like that's what I was going to get into. Rachel and Raquel, but you know what? <laughs> Neither Ricky's getting that uh, keychain at Disney World. Am I right? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's too exotic of a name. Ay ay ay. So, uh, Tommy Boy goes to work. I've lost what day number number day this fucking is, but he goes to work, and Ricky's not there. Uh oh. So he he goes to Ricky's file to pull her phone number, even though he he already has her number memorized. This is where it starts getting into uh, away from like a sort of boyish, impish narrator to like the stalker, creepy masturbates into like a sock narrator. And what a narcissist he is that he goes to the charade, assuming that someone is watching him to make sure that he just doesn't dial the number. He goes through the pantomime of looking through the files and then holding up the file like, Aha! Here's Ricky's file, guys. I found it. He does all that when he just had the number. And I'm hey, sure Cynthia, no one noticed. Here I am with Ricky's file. <laughs> Hey, guys, tell Senior when you see her, I found that file I was looking for. Pam, that old bitch Pamela's in the background saying, I know he had that number. Remember I right? know that <laughs> motherfucker remember that number. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Fat bitch bathing suit? It's in Zenile 17. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for the fat bitch bathing suit. <laughs> he calls Ricky. Look. Oh, first of all, he, he introduces himself by saying, it's me from the company in a workplace <laughs> with th- two, two to three hundred people. huge corporation, of course. you got to narrow it down. You can't just because say, it's with, me. 100% with agree. That, with that voice? Well, maybe with that voice, it narrows it down. <laughs> it's me from the company. <laughs> Look, your shift started at 11, and it's pushing 1230. Is everything all right? He'd never done this before. He's never called a late employee before. I don't believe that. Hankins, can I get you to perform your reading in Ricky's voice of... You want to RP this, baby? I am down to RP. My favorite line of this entire book. It is Ricky's... Flustered (laughs) response? Yes. All right. Do you want me to read you in? Yes, yeah, read me in, baby. Read me in. Okay, uh, you know what? We'll start with Ricky, okay? Ricky? Who, who, who is this? 
it's me from the company. Look, your shift started at 11 and it's pushing 1230. Is, is everything all right? Uh, uh, it's my car, sorry. It's such a piece of shit. Crap, shit, sorry. It's, it's been a weird day. <laughs> so Ricky has worked at the company for like six weeks, but it's her second day of work. And, <laughs> and she... Is so flustered that she says, "Shit, crap, shit, shit crap, crap, shit, oh, shit crap," <laughs> like a child who's learning to curse for the first time. <laughs> shit, I'm a damn ass shit hell. <laughs> oh my god! I remember one time, the first time I heard the word "sucks," I was Ooh. like, "Oh hell yeah, man! I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that word a lot." And I went home, and it was like, I went home from school, and it was like, you know, 3.15 in the afternoon. And I opened up the fridge, and I was like, hey, Mom, do we have any eggs? She's like, uh, no, it's 3.15 in the afternoon. Why are you asking if we have eggs? And I was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> then I walked out of the room. That's the end of the story? That's the end of that story. That's better than retail. Uh, that, and that's a better than <laughs> retail. A, better than retail wastes less of your time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Tommy Boy uh, offers a ride to Ricky. He's due for a break. He goes to pick her up. Boys, settle in. Cause yeah, strap in for this. Really st- business is picking up. Because Ricky, quote, lives where, Hankins? Well, she lives in the black part of town. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Down in Black Bottom is not where she in the lives. bad part of town. Not in not the across rough the tracks. part of town. He doesn't even call it a ghetto. Mm-hmm. Not even in the inner city. The projects, it's nothing. The black part of town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The lowercase b black part of town. Yeah. So I'm just assuming the that everything insult. there is painted black. <laughs> oh, of course. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Ricky exists in shadows. She come from a netherworld. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh God, I don't. I just. He's not here for dog whistles. He is straight up alt right. <laughs> yeah, he's got the tiki torch. He is leading the march. Yeah. Oh wow! You will that not re- replace us. You <laughs> will not you replace will us. Not replace us. <laughs> Why does every episode degenerate into you two chanting? You will not replace. <laughs> eh, you know. Her, her apart. Uh, Ricky lives in the black part of town, a house that's been split into four separate apartments. <laughs> a quadplex. It's a, it's a quadplex. The classic you know, that, quadplex. That classic setup, a quadplex. A quadplex. How do you set. Uh, how do. I, Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Her apartment. Ricky lived in an old plantation. (laughs) Her apartment is the basement. Four concrete stairs lead to a huge wooden door. I don't know if she lives in a damn castle. Or is she in a cellar? I don't get it. (laughs) A huge wooden door. There's visible space between the door and the frame. I don't think get about that. The weather stripping on aisle D thirty two. That's how the, many. First of all, the fucking company must be massive. Creel ginormous. Creel wrote down. Creel you do the math. D thirty yeah. two and wrote, "How fucking big is this store that they have to use letters <laughs> and numbers to organize their products? At the very least, they have aisles A one through thirty two." 
B, 1 through 32, C, 1 through 32, and D, 1 through 32. That's 128 aisles at baseline. Baseline, baseline. yes. That's not including baseline. like a, a, a mechanics department, a gardening center, <laughs> uh, any of that stuff, a pharmacy on the side, an eye doctor, you know, the, the food mart. No end caps, nothing. Yes, nothing. That's straight up aisles. 128 aisles. That is massive. So like they they have they have an aisle just for Q-tips. <laughs> exactly. That's that's pretty much how it would go. And big ass bathing suits. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where Pamela sends everybody. <laughs> like like a 130 pound like teenage male walks in and she's like, "Hey fat shit, you look for a bathing suit? <laughs> hey, Tubby, got a swimming this weekend? <laughs> can't enjoy fun. You can't have fun in the sun without a fat ass bathing suit. <laughs> oh, Pamela, you are ripe for a spinoff. She oh. is <laughs> like Pamela's said, place. I think that's I what we would call it. Ages about that old bitch, Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So he goes and he talks, uh, he, he, he sees the gap between the door and the frame, and he thinks about weather stripping on aisle D32 and wonders her reaction if he bought it for her. See, that's, oh, this is oh, what I don't Thomas. get. Why would, why would he feel nervous or apprehensive about his coworkers finding out? He could just buy it and say it's for him if they ask him. Like, would he give no, it to I, her at the store? No, 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 no. He's, oh, 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 yeah, she does say, he does say, her reaction is yeah. one thing. All the associates' reaction is something else. Why would he be bothered yeah, again, by he it? Thinks, he thinks they're constantly watching him. That's true. Every move he makes hey. is under the microscope. That's what's, you know, he's got that sting put at best, man. Uh, every step you take, every move you make. <laughs> Every oh my song god, I, I just imagine him picking up weather. I'll be watching you. Oh, can't you see? All right, guys. It's on ILD. <laughs> that sound is millions of people hitting the fast forward 15 I just imagine him picking up weather stripping, and he's like, "Well, I gotta gotta get a couple other things so they don't know him because I, I just buy weather strips." Tabasco I, I, and chapstick. Don't want to see me yeah. just buying weather stripping. I need up, a big ass bathing suit too. <laughs> a big ass bathing suit. <laughs> Pamela's in the background going, "Mm hmm, mm hmm." You ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just getting weather stripping for myself. <laughs> <laughs> he knocks on the door and. Enter a new character. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. Possibly the dumbest character in this entire story. And that is saying something. He knocks on the door, but his fist hits the door, or before his fist hits the door, before he fists the door, the second time, it's opened by a kid who seems young, but has a surprising amount of facial hair. That's a weird description. He goes back and that is a from very describing weird Ricky as like a teenager to a like a like a, a, a twenty five year old like dude who is like an enforcer. Right. 
But all right, so if you were wearing a band's T-shirt, how would you phrase that? Hey, Sean, what's that band on your shirt? The Clash. Right. The shirt is not from the Clash. Well, oh, you don't know that. It's Maybe a Joe the Clash T-shirt. All right, he Joe Strummer. Mick, Mick Jones didn't give him this goddamn shirt. He's wearing a shirt from the Clash. All this is spoken like a person who doesn't have any clue how <laughs> how sentences work. Operate. Right? It's it's like a fucking alien trying to fool us into thinking he's human. <laughs> Oh, it's the whole thing and then, is I, and like then a human answered the door, and he was wearing a shirt from the music band The Clash. Jesus Christ! Which is a better where did sentence. you get that Cadillac? <laughs> <laughs> He's short but thick with dark eyes. I don't know about you, but I I kind of like what, what this dude is looking like. If it's a girl, especially. He's got He's this dope ass beard. He's short but thick. With dark Thick, eyes, like got Ricky. dark eyes. Um, got a cool scar, leaving a two on his eyebrow. Gap in the middle. His cool scar on his eyebrow. He's got on this class shirt. Um, I'm assuming it's probably the cover of uh, of Combat Rock. Is what I'm assuming it uh, is. <laughs> I was th- yeah, I was thinking London Calling. No, no, that's way too cool for this dweeb. <laughs> What, the writer or the kid wearing this shirt? The writer. Ah. So he he briefly describes this kid at the door and then goes into describing how awful the apartment is again. Yeah. You know, those who live in glass houses should not throw stones. His apartment is a dumpster, and then he's ragging on this apartment. I don't get it. the apartment. The kid speaks. Again, how old is this person? Sup, boss, man. Hero of the day. Then immediately yeah. starts grilling him. What if my sister was a 300-pound dude? Would you still pick her? Pick him up? Probably not. <laughs> what? Next, next question. Moving on. <laughs> and again, too much information from this dude. Siegel's giving him the business. Oh yeah, I, by, I the, by the way, lunch. by the way, by the way, this guy's name is Siegel. He introduces himself. I'm just messing with you, boss man. The name's Siegel. And it took me at least four readings of this to understand <laughs> to this joke. The name Siegel. Like the bird? When you're reading Hilarious! When you're reading this, it's S-I-E-G-E-L, which I don't think is a first name. Mm-mm. No, it's, it's like a last name, like Jason Siegel from How I Met Your Mother. And it's not, obviously, like, it's a homonym of Siegel, the bird. but Because of the joke. That's not where my mind goes when I say Siegel in my mind and see it spelled that way. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm too slow for this fucking story. Yeah, it might be above your grade level, but it isn't. At any rate, it isn't. The joke, like a bird, Siegel finds hilarious. Hilarious. And then he goes on to tell him, yeah, like the bird, you should speak to the Apollo they're hiring. For someone who hates black people so much. Mm -hmm. He understands their culture. 
Also, quote unquote, a kid is not going to be dropping Apollo references. No, no. That's... Not to mention that the Apollo would not be hiring for stand-up. <laughs> um, the famous Apollo show that mic. he's referencing was an open mic. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. I wish hire the Sandman had come in right here. At this point in the story. <laughs> By the way, you know that old bitch Pamela has been at that open mic. <laughs> She's been letting them rip, man. She lets she lets y'all it fly. Y'all had somebody come in y'all's store and ask for a bathing suit in a size small. Mm-hmm. I said, girl, you better buy four of them if you're talking about getting a small. <laughs> Jute long. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hamburger. Wow, shucky ducky, quack quack. <laughs> oh my god, I'm, I feel like I've been uh, dominating this this conversation. Mm-hmm. Creole, no, no, we're, we're 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 about halfway through this. Well, I can I can lead us through a couple. Um, so we got another clothes description coming up, so we're excited about that. Yeah, so, you know, he's had this interaction with Siegel, then all of a sudden, Ricky comes in, wearing the exact same clothes that the narrator narrator saw her in last time. I believe you can get me through the night. (laughs) Well, this is where the description, it gets more more on this idea that the narrator is a creepy stalker, because he Mm. describes the v-neck she's wearing as dipping low showing small amounts of cleavage and just the hint of another tattoo that must start just below her breasts, possibly covering her stomach. How, how low, how deep is this V yeah, that, you is, that you can see all of her, her chest? Like from her wearing the V? From her throat to like her crotch is like apparently like an open window. She's wearing the J-Lo dress from that award show that drove everyone yeah, crazy. she is. <laughs> Get me your deepest of Vs. It's time to go How does it? How does the same V show a small amount of cleavage, but also her entire midriff? Both you and I know the answer to that. <laughs> Must Are be we like talking a, about uh, a wide-titted bitch? I don't know. At? I don't know if she's thick. I don't know if she's thin. Also a great name for a band. <laughs> Yeah, very wide good. Got... We're talking about a wide tit. Yeah, you know, you seen the titties on that girl they just hired? Might as well be her shoulders. <laughs> oh, Pam. So not only is she wearing the V-neck, she's got the weird silver beads, which are in different places. <laughs> so I guess there's a different electric, electromagnetic field around her or something because they're in different <laughs> spots, whatever that means. They move around. And this like, is... So right now, Creel... I know that we know the end of the story right. to a degree, but like right now at where we are, do you have any line on what these beads are signifying? Or no, because he's told us about them several times. It seems like a throwaway comment. Uh, you know, I don't want to get into the ending, but I know nothing if it relates to what happens at the end at all. Right. I don't see any connection. Well, we all know that nothing, like we've said, nothing in retail is an accident. Mm. And this is this is Chekhov's gun. If you mentioned <laughs> if you mentioned weird beads in Act One, it's gotta shoot somebody in the face in Act Three. Got to. It's, it's got foreshadowing, to. listeners. Just FYI, the silver beads mm. make another appearance yet again. Uh, 
So he gets he gets her into the car and drives her to work. Hold wait, on, wait, 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 wait. Before you get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a line. You skipped over an important paragraph oh God, of, I'm sorry. of information. Oh, God. I am sorry. So yes. what happens is Ricky uh, whispers something to the, the her cohort who lives in the apartment with her. her and the brother. narrator tells us that what she says doesn't sound like English. And I notice for the first time that Ricky is probably not American. Well, well. American but foreign, like bilingual <laughs> foreign anyway. What the fuck does that mean? It means he is uh, jingoistic, America first, you know, build the wall, this, lock her up, what's the all game? of that. Richard Spencer, what's, I there believe you go, just that's been the outed. As this. Thank you. We, we've figured out who wrote Can, this. <laughs> who is Richard Spencer? Sounds a lot, that, that, sounds a, that line sounds a lot more interested in a different accent. Shall you whisper something to the short bearded one? Doesn't sound like English. And I know for the first time, Ricky's probably not American. Well, American. Well, American. But foreign. Foreign. Like bilingual foreign, anyway. Bilingual foreign. Anyway, I don't know. Y'all want to go down to O.T.O. Pooter Toots and get... <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Shiny, drive us on. <laughs> right, so we we definitely the narrator again tells us how racist he is. So, what happens on the car the, ride? Gets to the car ride. It's short but awkward enough to make it last too long. I uh, anyway, sorry, sorry. I keep getting hung up on this. I uh, he feels he mentions also that his car reeks too. His car uh, reeks of stale smoke, probably because he's smoking at least six, <laughs> six per day. cigarettes per commute. <laughs> God damn. Uh, he wants to ask questions. He wants to start conversations. I've practiced by myself. This guy That's just embarrassing. Fucking... It's embarrassing. So, Ricky, what weird Eastern European country are you from? <laughs> <laughs> and how can you be both American and foreign at the same time? And also bilingual. <laughs> I want to know about the bearded wonder and the screaming kid and why she lives in such a shithole, a.k.a. No reason. the black part of town. There's no reason to keep calling, like, he calls him the bearded one. That, that's a, why would you, why just would that seagull. be the choice? You, just say yeah. fucking seagull! The bearded wonder. <laughs> and it shouldn't, like, it, it shouldn't trouble him that she lives in a bad part of town, like, she works for the company as, like, a cashier or something to that effect. She, she, she has to make do, man. Job. She yeah. showed up at the job looking like trailer trash by his right. own. <laughs> mm-hmm. His description, also, his words, also, not yours. Nothing, nothing is stopping us from believing that the narrator, that Tommy boy, is like forty-five years old. That's yeah. true. That's true. So this guy again needs to look in the mirror. Everything shit, including himself, <laughs> but everybody else is worse. Sean, would you say he needed to check himself before he wrecked himself? I mean, of course, they always should. <laughs> It's me from the company. So instead of getting the questions that he needs answered, even though Siegel uh-uh. already referred to Ricky as his uh-uh. sister, so I don't know how many other questions. He knows that. The conversation turns to Jesse. The... And Hankins, I need you to take this away because I, I have some, some questions. Huh? Yeah, I have questions about who so... is actually speaking which parts. So... Okay. Um, oh, I know I y'all think that about, I took some I license. I think it's in the text. Um, I don't know how they get to Jesse, but this is Ricky telling him about Jesse. Um, 
he, I, I won't go into Ricky voice to spare the people. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good idea. Um, he's a player. No, I'm, yeah, he's worked here as long as I have, meaning they started on the same day, and he slept with as many women as I've spoken to. So, if I may, this is why I think Jesse has been there for a while, even though he says he's as. L- if he's a trainee, when does he have the time to bang all these coworkers? See, I think this line is spoken by Tommy Boy, Mm-mm. and then no. Ricky See, responds look. with See, like he gets more confused. So it's it's Ricky telling him that Jesse had sex with Mandy in the fitting room, and then Tommy says they had sex, and then Ricky gives him the lowdown. They broke a mirror. She came out with cuts on her face and walking like like he had. <laughs> I, that 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 line grosses me. <laughs> Go go ahead and, and su- tell us she, the line so I can. She came shuffle. out of the she came out of that room with cuts on her face and walking like she just had tests performed on her lower GI. That's Yikes. fucking disgusting. That is somebody went deep. Went deep. <laughs> That's disgusting. But I which part did he go deep in on? Like and then he uh, says, the pooper or the peer? So many different codes of conduct. I probably shouldn't even be hearing this because I can't do. Anything about it without seeing it. So, so right there, we know that's Tom. Uh, we know that's Tommy Boy. Tommy definitely uh, says that line. So I think you're break. both right. I think actually Tommy Boy starts it off, and then it's just poor formatting, poor writing. Yes, it would be good if if the author had said they had sex. Uh, Tommy question Boy Tommy Boy, or I said think. by Tommy Boy, or yes. asked. Yeah, asked Ricky. It would help out if it's clear more clarity in who's saying what. Yeah, and then Ricky goes on to tell him, oh, he fucked Mary, too, in the bathroom. It's like he knows exactly where the cameras won't see. Well, it's not on the Q-tip aisle. Where else are you going to go? Dressing <laughs> I mean, room, bathroom. Fucking play. There's no way they have enough cameras to cover this expanse. Um, you mean you're not going to do it in the seasonal aisle between the pumpkins <laughs> and the candy corn? Happy, happy, uh, spooktacular October, by the way. Happy Halloween, indeed. <laughs> and then, fucking, fucking Tommy Boy, Tommy Boy's like, hey, man, she knows a lot about this dude and this dick game he's throwing, so she, I need to check. She seems to know a lot, man. <laughs> I need to check and see if she's feeling him. Uh, wh- what do you think of him? Oh, he's a charmer. You know, so she, she's really not, uh, she's really not feeling him that much, but, um, he did show, Jesse showed Ricky his phone and it looked like a company porn magazine <laughs> you know that that classic porn magazine that every <laughs> major retail store puts out as a courtesy <laughs> at christmas but before before we move on from that she says something that makes me think she's 45 to 90 years old he has an uncanny ability with text messages See that line? He can hit send. Ooh, girl, he got that predicative text down. See, something about that line makes me think that a a robot wrote this, or b like a a sixty-year-old like person wrote this. Yes, it's 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 so (laughs) weird the verbiage. Yeah, that's another alien. That's another alien line. Mm -hmm. I think maybe this was written. This was written before smartphones were ubiquitous. It could um, be, and, and maybe maybe He's Jesse had pictures. Maybe He's Jesse had like a with his phone. Yeah, you're right. Maybe he had like a sidekick, <laughs> and so yeah. he's really able to get in there and type text a lot faster. And he knows he also knows 
all of the the text based emojis too. So he's sending uh, smiley face. Smiley yeah, he can do the kissy face, face. winking the face, kissy face, parentheses mm-hmm. equals 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 number three. Those he's boobs all you that. can make. Yeah, <laughs> a, a he, equals equals. He also knows this math problem that if you follow it step by step, it mm-hmm. says loose and boobs at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic Jesse, man. He is classic. a rebel with a heart of gold. <laughs> heart of gold. Uh, Hankins, one thing. I don't care if this is 2005, 1999, or 2017. Jesse has a sidekick. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> He's a charmer. He asks the right questions to get a girl going. Mm-hmm. It starts off with friendly conversation. And then, and then, then it gets flattered. And then, and then. in in my mind, it's just those three though. It's hi, how are you today? You're pretty. Wanna you do want, it? You want to do something? You want to do something? But how? How like? Now I I understand Jesse has some skills, but how skilled can it go from like A to Z like that so quickly? When you I got mean, side, I guess he is a charmer. Man. So think about this, Grill. In this yeah, time, in my mm-hmm. mind, everybody else is working off a flip phone. You know, they got to if they want to type a B, they got to hit the yeah. number one key like four times sure. to get a capital yes, of course. B. Jesse's just flying, dude. He's just. <laughs> and, I mean, and their heads the are girls? spinning. Their heads are spinning with how fast this ism is coming in. It's like a fucking pimp's come down on you. And mm. I mean, before they can even type back OK or LOL, he's done hit them with three or four more lines. What's I up, see. girl? You know you don't need no big ass bathing suit. You fit uh-huh. in trim, uh-huh. just like the Jess dog Ooh. like it. Wow, this is really getting me going. This Jesse is a charmer. <laughs> he is that. He is definitely a charmer. He says. He says. Then then Tommy boy says, "Well, I think we're gonna fire him then." Yeah. <laughs> Piece One of thing, shit. It would be one thing if he was fucking everyone in sight and and actually working. It would? It would? That would be totally okay in Tommy's book. You can book. bang anybody you want on company property. <laughs> That's the Weinstein it's, defense. He's making hits, is. baby. He's making hits. Man, I was actually going to say, I, I was going to wait until we get to where he says, uh, I... Um, I accidentally brushed up uh, against Ricky, a situation Ugh. I may or may not have engineered myself <laughs> at a time when 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 Bob Bob Weinstein, whatever Harvey. his name is, Harvey Harvey Weinstein is 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 has triggered people to finally speak up in comfort about the sexual abuse and the and the sexism that they've seen in Hollywood in other industries. This guy, this guy is one of the originators. This guy taught Weinstein all the tricks he knows. Yeah, this is the classic like stopping short when you're driving with a girl, so you can cop a feel like, whoa, whoa, let me put my hand out here. <laughs> you know, the classic, the, the classic, classic Costanza classic, move, en- engineered by George Costanza's <laughs> yes. dad in Seinfeld, or the um, classic like, I left my coat here. Mind if I check in the bedroom? You know, it's just the cheesiest stuff. <laughs> oh, baby, like, my pants are chafing me. Mind yes. if I take them off? <laughs> yeah. It's it's the creepiest I stuff, man. I hate this guy. Me too. I hate this guy. So he drops her off, and he notices a bulge where a bulge shouldn't be. Where was Is he that talking be? about her purse or, yeah. like, on her person? 
know. He's, he claims it. it I, I don't know. It's just... She said she stood upright out of the car and it completely vanished. That's weird, man. That's weird. It looked like the handle of a screwdriver or some sort of knife. I guess it was like in her, like tucked into the back of her pants, I guess. So, silver bead wearing Ricky (laughs) is carrying some kind of weapon. Yeah. So, of course, so there's so sexual it. predators everywhere she goes. <laughs> she should, man. Showing she should. So. <laughs> Abducting her in their car. You have Jesse that's... her phone number. Yes. Mm-hmm. Rushing up against her. And that's before we get to Jesse. Yes. Exactly. I was going to say, Jesse is up she, front Jesse with his sexual appetite. sex with these women. But He's Tommy is, like, behind doors, like... Yeah, stalking you. He is very secretive about it. <laughs> and we'll get there. Spoiler alert. He shows up at her apartment and just looks in her fucking window later on. <laughs> That's not on this episode, but it comes up. No, yeah, you, you up. could have expected it to, that, that to happen, though. Not sufficiently creeped out. Ricky also asks for a ride home. And what does he begin doing, Hankins? He begins... Well, Sean... We all, whenever somebody asks you to do something, like you're, something you definitely want to do, but you know you can't risk missing out on something that you have to do, you do the time-honored tradition of time mathematics. Also known as math. <laughs> no, these are, time but these are time mathematics. Just That's call just... it checking, I gotta check my schedule. That's what anyone else would say. A I robot would say, doing... I do time mathematics. Must adjust for the, the <laughs> angle of the earth. Alien wrote this, dude. That's why. That's why the the damn. That's why whoever sent this to us, the email address they made was just a bunch of numbers. <laughs> that's his Probably name. Probably was, man. <laughs> Robot two four seven at yahoo dot com. One zero zero. Humans are dead. Humans are dead. Humans are dead. I can oh, help. My God. So this bead-wearing, Virgin Mary bracelet-wearing, silver beads, peach fuzz... Just, V-neck-wearing. Just right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he does, the, all stars. he does the time mathematics, right? And the result is he'll have less than two hours of sleep. So the time <laughs> mathematics work out to where he should say, no, I can't give you a ride. <laughs> That's what the time mathematics say. However, there was something. There was something about her. Oh my god! Oh my god! You know, I didn't mark on this on this text where this uh, where we end here. It's it's about another page and a half. We still have a, a little bit of narrative here. Do we of... get to Hello Kitty indeed? We that's do. Another... That's in that's in this. <laughs> that's another great band name. Hello Kitty indeed. Oh God! So he talk. He goes into other fucking winners <laughs> that work at this damn company. Yeah, and proceeds to start a trend that this novel enacts using phrases to describe people's bodies that don't exist. Like <laughs> Stephanie That's how a had robot. one of those asses <laughs> that left dents in metal chairs. <laughs> Uh, the misogyny on, is just terrible, man. It is just 
it's just all over the map, man. I think it's an alien wrote this, and I don't think he sees sex. He definitely sees race. He doesn't see sex. <laughs> Y'all ever been That's with fair. a girl who had one of That's them fair. hard asses? The kind that leaves like a later, dent and a mental chair. Later, later on in the story, I, I'm sorry to keep spoiling stuff, but he he um, refers to some guy's body like saying it was cut out of wood. wood. <laughs> That's not a thing. Well, you know, I have been blessed uh, with fairly defined calf muscles myself. Yes, and I okay. exist in the wrestling Brandy. industry where, yeah, that right. Where, you know, people are, are into working out and they take care of themselves. And so I see a lot of good-looking specimens in my line of work. Never once have I looked at one of my guys who'd been really hitting leg day hard and said, Hey, man, those cast muscles you got look like fists. Never has happened. <laughs> Never seen a thing. Did that person write this? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. No, this is somebody that's never been in a gym or exercised or interacted <laughs> with real people. Turned workout nut. She has one of those asses that leaves dents in metal chairs. I wrote down Stephanie is a robot because the only thing that can dent a metal chair is another <laughs> robot. Her calf muscles look like fist. Man, she had some of those fingers that could melt diamonds. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Her forearms have veins running down them like rope tied around wooden poles. She needs to see a cardiologist. She is going to die. <laughs> oh, gosh. But that ass, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know Stephanie be dead in metal chairs. <laughs> Can you imagine what Pamela says when she sees Stephanie oh. like walking around? Oh. Pamela probably lets it rip. Oh, that bitch Pamela. I know she gives Steffi the blues. Hey, you skinny bitch. You didn't any metal chairs today. <laughs> Come on. Mm. What you gonna do? Punch me with your fist muscles? Fist <laughs> <cats>? <laughs> and now we go full voyeur. Uh, this, this is, is where the, the creep scene. factor this is, this escalates. This is how Weinstein got started. This is exactly it, man. We go full voyeur right here. So Tommy Boy is, you know, concerned about Ricky, so he decides to watch the cameras under, like, the assumption that when he gets in there, like, Joseph, his boss, thinks, like, hey, Tommy Boy's really getting an interest in the job. But no, no, no. And good for... Good for- uh, Joseph, look at Joseph him, wants you know? to hand those reins off, man. He, he, he wants he's to through to Tom. Yeah, he does. He does. But no, he's just looking at people. He has other plans. Yeah, he starts telling us about the security of the store that all the cameras are real. You know, in other stores they're not; they're just fakos. But his company, you know, invests in security, and he can look wherever he wants. And even creepily enough. Zoom in on a lot of stuff that you don't even know exists. Like what, Matt? Like, for example, a piece of jewelry you are looking at and tell you the price. <laughs> Why would if you, you in the parking to do that? <laughs> yeah, you get on the intercom. Hey, uh, whoever's in aisle A47, that diamond bracelet, $16.99. That's a cheap-ass diamond. <laughs> Better hope you don't have those fingers that melt diamonds. <laughs> Watching the cameras 
watching the cameras makes one feel like a voyeur. So the definition of got it, got it. Yeah, you don't have to go with like a simile there. You just tell us I'm a voyeur now. I'm a voyeur. It's not you're like a voyeur. You are a voyeur. I'm a voyeur. Hard stuff. I see an older man pick his nose and wipe it on a folded graphic t-shirt display in the girls' department. Hello, kitty, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Uh, kitty, indeed are three words that are written in this book. Hello, kitty, indeed. But if hello, kitty was somehow, you could somehow turn that into a booger pun. (laughs) Right, Or a nose-picking pun. That's what it would mean. Like, if it was, like, uh, garbage pail kids, maybe? Yes. I, yes. Oh, I hello, don't... shitty. If she had wiped her ass on it, that would have been <laughs> yeah, a lot more that would have been a much better approach. But a robot would not know that. A robot Bodily would be like, function. what do the children Bodily like? Function. Hello Kitty is the number one <laughs> product in young deployed. women's department. <laughs> Must have Hello Kitty reference. Well, what's what? What does he do to kill time? Oh, here he says he, that he watches, of course, with the fat shaming again. What? He kills fifteen minutes by watching three fatties. overweight women wearing jogging suits stare at the cakes in a bakery. What? Now, I've been in plenty of stores. I've 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 never seen people stare at the cakes in a bakery for more than like ten seconds, and that's when they're like picking one out. No one just stares there because they're hungry. Right, guys? Right? <laughs> they're going I'm not to alone purchase, on this, right? They're going to purchase an item from the store that pays his salary. That's what they're going to do, is the thing that he needs them to come in and do. I don't know why. I guess he was so angry because they were wearing jogging suits like they were going to work out. Maybe those ladies just wanted to be warm. I am shocked that he he didn't say like they've ever jocked a day in their life when an ice cream truck wasn't involved. <laughs> Not a doubt that there is a draft. That was of probably this in where there. That line is in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that was his line. He was like, "No, too mean spirited." Delete, 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 delete. Mm. So he scans over to Jesse Electronics. I don't know why he wasted so much time looking at people that he hates and people. Yeah, like I thought. Boogers. I thought he was supposed to be checking out Ricky, but. That's where I, where I thought this was supposed to be going because he's obsessed think, with her. No, I think he wanted to catch Jesse in the act. Oh, oh that makes that makes sense too. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah, he definitely wants to hone in on. Je- he wants to study the game that the Jess dog's dropping on him. <laughs> I scan over to Jesse in electronics, which I guess is E ninety seven. Of course, patrons <laughs> while talking to Destiny. A pear-shaped black woman. <laughs> of course. Of course. See, this is where he has to throw in the race. Why because... does he have to describe... Why does he have to describe every black person as black? He doesn't He's got to say... let us know that they're different, man. They're different I than am us. white. Come on, guys. Ricky is white. Uh, Cynthia is white. He only says these people are black. Like, there's some kind of, like, physical anomaly... That are only found in the wild and at the company. And exactly. The exactly. This guy does not have jungle fever. I get what Mm-mm. you're saying. Mm-mm. Now, apparently game is rep- recognizing game. Ooh. Because he <laughs> describes Jesse like watching a surgeon operate. 
way he slowly closes in the distance between them. Closer and closer. It sounds more like the like Animal Planet, but... Yeah, it does. So he goes... Wait, where are we stopping this, by it's the way? It's right... Is, is that, is scruffy face is the last... Yeah, it's just three more lines. Okay. So he sees Jesse hitting on Destiny. His face is by her ear, whispering something that causes her to look around to be sure no one else heard. A nod of agreement, she walks back toward grocery as a triumphant smile spreads across his face. Jesse slays another Jesse lady. Slays again. How mm-hmm. so? And how? That's where we're going to leave it on part two. We've got four more parts of this. And, and we have some disgusting parts of this. There, it there is are things that happen in this. Sexy. I mean, right now where we've left it, it is very sexy. How are we feeling about this, guys? Are we going to be able to keep this going? I think we had a tremendous breakthrough tonight in understanding that this was written by something non-human. You or Richard Spence. So, is this same is this thing? A, I think this, this might be a one of those like you put a hundred monkeys in a typewriters. And eventually it'll bang out Shakespeare. I Number think this is like one, day three. 100 is Hamlet, but 78 through 99 are all retail, <laughs> which goes back to the Shaq theory. It goes back to the Shaq theory. What is the Shaq theory? Um, it don't matter if you lose 99 oh, yeah, games yeah, yeah, in a row. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Got it. Yeah, I'm on board with, with both of those assessments that – this is this is just here, and we're going to enjoy it, but it doesn't mean that it's good. Oh, it is. Definitely. Oh, it's not good. It is unequivocally it's not good. Not good. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not good at all. Whew. Um, I think those are really the only things. Again, I, I just uh, I, I have to compliment you, Hankins, on the voice work, um, the fact that you d- did this on an iPhone. Uh, early Android, on. nigga, don't you put that on me. <laughs> Then, then I'm really impressed. Take that, Android. Speaking of Androids, who wrote this book, huh? Hey, it's true. And I'm here to tell you, folks, from a production standpoint, it really gets rolling in the next episode. Yeah, I know. I know we've promised like ghosts and vampires and the boogeymen and whatnot, and we haven't seen much yet. It, it definitely picks up. So. I don't think we, we can really comment yet on where we think this is going because mm-hmm. we really read the entire book before we got into the werewolf. And we've had and the, the only thing that we have as a point of mystery right now are those damn beads. Right. The beads and the screwdriver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's there's, packing to eat. There's a lot of mystery about Ricky. He talks about like hearing a baby, I think. Yeah, there was a baby in the apartment that just got a, a, a small mention and then forgotten about. Uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna decide whether or not we're gonna do break this up with a poem next week, or if we're just gonna keep going with three. Um, we'll surprise you, dear listener. So, <gasps> Hankins, why don't what you why don't you take whatever we do? It will be guaranteed to be written by a human. 
<laughs> or not. That is the mystery that we deliver here. I I want to bring I want to bring our listeners a stand-up monologue by a robot. <laughs> Let's do it. Hey, chemical corrosion, am I right? Am I right, ladies? What's the deal? Ain't no money in poetry. That's what sets a poet free. I've had all the freedom I can stand. You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie. All it takes to get me by. Fool my belly till the day I die. Cold dog soup and rainbow pie.